0: Hey everybody it's Nigel Jenkins of Laughing Heart Music and LHM Records and today I'm chatting with Tom Cochran who is a photographer, videographer, and arts organizer based in Newfoundland and Labrador. We chatted about the best ways to reach out to freelancers, how to build your following on Instagram, and building community through the arts. Thanks so much to MusicNL, the province of NL, and ACOA for sponsoring this video series through their Press On grant program and thank you today to Rough Waters Brewing Company based out in Deer Lake for this sweet t-shirt. All right, thanks for watching, hope you enjoy. Right, right, is it sort of as a result of your work on sort of the projects you've been doing out there that you've decided like Woody Point is where you're living now or what's the what's the pull out that way for you?
1: Well, I mean, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I'm like, literally right now, I'm looking out at Bombay and Gross Farm Mountain. Um, but yeah, no, I, like, I, I, I've done a lot of work up here for the past 10 years and um, it has felt more and more like home over that time. Mm. And um, yeah, definitely there's work, um, but even more so than that, it's just like a place that feels right to be in.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. One of the things I've been talking about through this video series with people is their their sense of place and like why they choose Newfoundland over other bigger centers. And you're sort of, you're, I mean, it's mostly music business focused and you're, you, you do work in the music industry, obviously, and you do work outside of it with photography and other sorts of events based stuff. But, um, is there a draw for you or was there ever a point when there was a draw to, to, to bigger centers? Or have you always just known it was going to be sort of Newfoundland?
1: Um, when I was a lot younger, um, there was definitely a draw away. And then I lived away. Like I did live in Toronto for a couple of years, but, uh, that was like a school, school focused thing. And, um, but, that that like going away just made it so clear that i needed to be back in newfoundland (laughs) yeah Um, and i remember i'm sure like countless people who've lived away can can relate to this experience but um, i remember you know being on the plane leaving and being like this isn't right like this doesn't feel right at all and um and and like seeing those ads, like they, I, I think they still do. I mean, nobody's been on a plane in so long. It's hard to remember what, like, <laughs> but, but like, you know, the ad, they they would have like the Newfoundland tourism ad on like the screen behind the, the seat back screen. And it was just like heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking every time. Um, but yeah, being back here uh, is good. And, and I mean, Gross Mourn is just, it feels, it feels so right. Um, I've said, I've said this before. Um, so I, I, I am pulling this out of my pocket and not coming up with this on the spot, but (laughs) gross is, uh, is the place where I feel the most, um, myself. Um, and, 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 and it, yeah, it's good for you. It's really good for you. I sure. Like, I guess in some ways there there's draws to bigger centers, but, um, my work doesn't really, isn't the thing that pushes that. Like my work is so focused in rural communities um, all along the coast that uh, it just makes sense to be here. And sure, like I fell into that kind of role. I fell into like the working with small arts festivals and, and musicians in small places and all sorts of stuff like that. But um, yeah, it. Uh, I, I'm really lucky to be able to do what I do and, and to do it in a place
0: like this. Yeah, well, hopefully I've done a good job introducing you in the, the front <laughs> end of this thing. Um, but it, how much of your work is the the photography part of what you do now through the year? Is that
1: um it's pretty big percentage. It's like photo video split with like some communication stuff on the side and like organizing stuff on the side. Um but yeah, like my full-time job is definitely a photographer, videographer.
0: Right. And that's I mean, that's one of the things I thought you could speak to really well from like an artist development perspective is uh when new artists emerging artists or anybody is looking to reach out to someone like yourself as a photographer videographer service provider what are some of the things that they can do to reach out the right way um
1: uh, uh, a great question um i think know what you want or at least know what you don't want um there's definitely an aspect to like reaching out to someone who makes images as someone who makes if you make music and you want someone to make images There are definitely times when people do that, and they don't really know what they want, but they've got so they're looking for that kind of back and forth. Um, But it it helps to have some guidance. Um, It helps to have a budget. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, because uh, yeah, in the same way that musicians want to get paid for gigs, um, people like myself need to get paid as well. Now, that's not to say that there's not the potential for bartering in the same in the same breath right like sure if you're a new musician um yeah like if you can make it worthwhile uh even if that's not financially worthwhile but like it's there's a cool experience or going and doing the the act of creating the piece is going to be really interesting for some reason then um there is definitely possible like a way to find a middle ground um but yeah. Like knowing what you can offer, like what you can bring to the table is really, um, is really good. And I think too, like um, is look at people's styles, right? Like, like look at what people make and what, what they, what else they've published and um, see if it's going to match. Cause right. it can, it can be awkward to try to like shoehorn a musical style and a visual style together that don't often sometimes don't work. Yeah. Um, and there can be ways to find, again, middle grounds, but, um, yeah, I think go after people who, who, whose vibe you really dig and, and the types of visuals they create are really line up with the sorts of music that you want to make.
0: Yeah it's interesting that's like a common sort of pitfall or problem I run into with artists I chat with artists I work with is having that clear sense of direction for for visual stuff mm-hmm. because often I mean they're so good at being musical artists that it, it is a whole other field to, to be able to think visually spatially about what you're trying to present um, that complements the sonic side of things well are there certain kinds of uh sort of questions or discussions that you that you commonly have with artists to kind of you know pick that out pick it apart with them when you're doing the back and forth stuff
1: yeah um i i think that I, I, an easy question to start off with is like is this a performance video well uh, like making right. videos, yeah. like like yeah. are is this a well not, not even like if it's a live performance video is it like are you going to be playing or look like you're playing right. to the track in this video because that automatically creates like, okay, this, it, it'll be shaped in a certain way around that performance. yeah. Um, and then like, what, what are you, what, what are you thinking about? Tell me about this story. Tell me about the story of the song, tell me about how you wrote it. Tell me about, um, if it's not super obvious and clear in the tune itself, tell me, give me the backstory of, of the characters and, and and is it a narrative like is this a narrative video and does it follow a storyline or is it just super kind of out there and weird and that's cool too and (laughs) and we can try to cobble we can cobble together imagery from all sorts of places but the artist the musician you kind of like you're making something for them right like you're being commissioned to make a thing so Mm -hmm. so you want them to like have a to guide the process a bit, and then yeah. I can help them guide that process. But they've got to know a little bit about what they want to start, and then and then I can start trying to bring that out uh, with them.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's always um, easier to help guide someone who has a clear vision than to like try and start from scratch. Because I I I I love talking creative stuff, and I love coming up with ideas for things. But like, uh, I think it's on the artist to have that creative vision out of the gate. And then for folks like you and I who are involved to help, yeah, see them to it and execute on it.
1: I think so, yeah. And like the projects that are easiest and, and frankly most enjoyable to work on and the and the artists that are most enjoyable to work with are the ones who have like a really clear artistic vision, but they're also willing to like, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? They're willing to like meet you in the middle of say, okay, they've got a really cool idea. And then I, which would then inspire me to have, maybe a cool idea to go with that and then it all just like it works really well together and that's really fun because then you can just create something cool together and that's a really good feeling that's like those are my favorite projects because then it's like okay it's a collaborative process it's not just me turning out something for you to use as a music video it's like no together we made this thing happen and that feels
0: great off the top of your head, is there like a favorite visual project you've worked on, or like a favorite collaborator creating that kind of a piece? Um, hmm, you, you've done it, you've done a bunch. <laughs>
1: I know. Yeah. Um, I love working with the Once. Yeah. Um, uh, Phil takes the lead on Phil Churchill takes the lead on a lot of their visual stuff, and like often has like a really clear vision of like what they're thinking and so anytime i get a chance to work with them it's great also just like a ton of fun and a good hang yeah um yeah i don't know like there's been a whole bunch of stuff i really enjoyed um i shot a bunch of live sessions with nick earl um geez a year two years ago? i don't know a while ago um and it was just when nick was like he was starting to do the indie rock thing Uh, and we shot them in Lewisport at Citadel House, and it was just like it it was a live video, like band playing, and I'm just filming it. But but they were they brought an energy of a live performance to a what was essentially a living room, right? Um, and it was it was a ton of fun. Um, yeah, there's been a slew that I and and frankly, I'm really bad at documenting my own work, like the work, sure. even though I know it's out there, but I, I'm really bad at documenting my own work, which is a thing that I like, I'm like, okay, work on your CV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> always, yeah. always on the list. <laughs> Update your CV and it never really happens. But um, I'm sure there's a lot of artists and people in general who can relate to that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny. I wonder how much uh, someone like you even really needs a CV anymore, though. I feel like s- certainly in
1: I guess, but man, yeah. I don't know. Like you, there's a sense of like, I think within a certain community, sure. Like you can, you, you get known for creating things and, and with a certain style and all that sort of stuff. But um, it, once you're, once you're reaching into new communities or, sure. or trying to get different gigs um, in different places, then yeah, you really do need that. You need that, 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 Back end, right? Like you need your website up to date. Same as a musician. You're applying for a festival in a place you've never been. (laughs) Your website better be up to date. You better have a decent EPK, all that sort of stuff that I'm not good at. (laughs) Yeah. I guess, I
0: guess, I like from my perspective, you're just like this superstar level kind of person. So, uh, sorry. Don't Don't mean to to flatter you mid conversation. That's very
1: sweet. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, uh, I mean, on that superstar level, sort of thing. One of the questions I had wanted to bring up is, um, again, trying to get into like real practical artist development level kind yeah. of stuff. Um, you've amassed a really big Instagram following over the mm. years, and I'm wondering if there's anything that you've done on that platform that you think might translate for like other creative types that isn't necessarily photography specific. Because I think most most of your Instagram it's it's your photography work, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah okay.
1: Um, well, first of all. At Tom Cochran, you can go follow me on Instagram. Yeah, uh, plug. Yeah, um, I I think that I mean, it's not a huge following, but it's like it is. I guess it's big for for especially for Newfoundland. Um, yeah, and I it's I think it's consistency. To be one hundred percent honest, it's mm. consistency and and understanding that um, different people come to your profile and your images in different ways. So like if someone's already following you, then cool, because they see it in your feed, right? Yeah. But you're also trying to remember that um, people may have just went to your profile and they're like looking and they're scrolling, they're doing the, the scroll down through. <laughs> and and you, you wanna have some sort of visual consistency there. Um, even if, it's, if, if you're uh, showing photos, great. If you're showing uh, video, music video clips, cool. Like, but whatever is showing up in that grid, you yeah. want to be consistent. I always talk about like, um, uh, uh, this is like a larger Canadian artist, but July talk, mm. um, the fact that all of their imagery is in black and white. Yeah. It's it's just, you know, some ways it's like, okay, it's a shtick and it's cool. But when you go and look at their uh, Instagram page, it feel, it gives you a feel right away of like what this is. Yeah. Um, and if you're a... Um, I don't know indie rock band. Like, pick some. I don't know. Pick some colors, right? Like, right. Uh, fr- friends of mine who have Instagram pages which are a lot more popular than mine, they won't publish. Uh, they go with like the moody vibes. Uh yeah. and uh, you know, like it, it. It has to be like greens and blues and right. like, maybe pops of color, like brighter colors here and there. But like, it's dark tones, and they might take amazing, gorgeous images um, or videos uh, that have are full of color, but they won't end up there. Right. So it's that thing of like remembering how um, just how the game works. Cause it's, it is a bit of a game. It is a bit of a, a back and forth. And, and for me, um, my, my work on Instagram is almost all Newfoundland related. Yeah. Um, it's like 99 uh it's a lot of aerial photography um and yeah if you scroll through there's a couple outliers for sure but um uh, for the most part it's they're all gonna have very similar feel and it's also understanding um who and and how will your con content yeah. Gross. yeah, everybody uh,
0: hates that word, but it's, I know, it's, it's, I know. It's word,
1: <laughs> um, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. How will your art be amplified? Like, how? What are the mechanisms for it to grow and then to help you grow your online following? So, for me, um, I was creating stuff uh, around Newfoundland, and then there are other Instagram pages that are larger that talk about Newfoundland, so like Newfoundland labor Tourism. Sure. And then, like, step above that would be like Canada Explore Canada um the Canadian tourism brand and uh so like understanding the sorts of work that they like so you know you're not like shoving it down their throat but you're just kind of like okay cool like this sort of thing might help get into this audience uh and as an artist you it doesn't mean you can't make other stuff um you know I shoot portraits I love taking pictures of animals and stuff like that and birds and whales but um that's just pro- a lot of that's not going to make it up onto the onto the main feed it'll make it up into the instagram story you can put whatever you want in your instagram stories for- right right i'm concerned yeah but um yeah just kind of like make that uh make that feed consistent and have a good feel to it
0: i like the stories for that purpose sort of as a catch-all throw stuff up there like yeah this isn't a post but like Put yeah. it in the stories, and then and then if it's maybe a little too personal or private, but like I want to share it using the close friends function. Sure. I almost yeah. did that today actually, and then I deleted it pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie and I, <laughs> Stephanie and I, uh, just found out the 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 uh, sex of the child we we're anticipating. Oh wow! Yeah, and so I put like I had took a little picture of the ultrasound photo, yeah. and I was like, "Here's the baby's spine. Here's the baby's penis." <laughs> and I was like, that's not appropriate. And here I am just saying it anyway on a thing that I'm gonna put on the internet. Yeah, I know. Here we are now. Yeah. Uh, and, and I you know what? I think people will get this far into it because what you're saying is great. I think people will stick in this far. So unfortunately I've just kind of shot myself in the foot. It's
1: but out anyway. there now. <laughs> uh well congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's very Thank cool. you. And
0: actually um, uh oh sorry, you go ahead.
1: No, no I, I mean I was just gonna say uh that uh your stories are, are a way to show your personality a little bit more. Mm. Right. So I, I, again, coming back to musician, if your if your live feed is a lot of like rehearsal photos, live photos um, you know, maybe someday there'll be live photos again. Um, and uh, like just your, I don't know, writing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you can be a bit of a goofball in your stories and you could be hanging out and cooking dinner and I don't know, like just show your own, your own self there.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, that's interesting. I mean, I I think maybe to sort of like try and condense what you're saying is the feed is a little more curated, and the stories yes. are a little more like way open. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, that's the way I, I
1: look. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I like I like the idea of having sort of color palettes that you stick to as well. I think I don't know how many artists or industry professionals are going through sort of like heavy branding. Focused exercises or brainstorming, but like having the color palette for the album cycle, yeah. or even for the artist that you stick to forever. um But definitely, yeah, definitely for an album cycle. I mean, July Talk is a great example with the black and white stuff of just like. But, e-
1: but even beyond that, like if you're, again, going through that cycle, so going through the branding uh, work of like you're working on an album, uh, album artwork, and you might be working on like merch and new yeah. web de- website design. I don't know. Um, Think about colors, and it's not that you can't share photos, but figure out how can you edit those photos or um, do something to them so that it fits within a certain look. Yeah, that um, yeah, that you can get
0: out there, and that you hope becomes identifiable with what you're doing over time, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Br- branding one on one. Yeah. 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 I know. There's there's
1: a there's a there's a, literally a course. Right.
0: Yeah. I've been doing um, some free Coursera courses online through the pandemic. Cool. Um, yeah, actually, after I after I quit my law job in 2014, that was something I, I did a bunch of. Was I went to the Halifax Public Library, and took all the like web design, web development, mm-hmm. HTML courses I could find, and uh, taught myself mm-hmm. how to.
1: And then you realize that Squarespace is there you're like, oh no.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, what I did was I built like a really terrible website for my notary public business, yeah. but it was good enough that like it got to the top of the Google searches and I was just like oh, cool. mobile yeah. notary public in Halifax for a couple of years while I was building up the music business. And yeah. that was, that was really what I was earning my revenue at for the first time. Yeah.
1: But that's a skill. That's a whole other skill, right? Like SEO stuff and like getting up the yeah. top of Google rankings. It it matters yeah you know? it actually does matter and sure if you're a musician and it might not if your name is unique but yeah if, if you want to show up in search terms like newfoundland musician or right. newfoundland rock or i don't know whatever but like that's yeah that's stuff that you've gotta really figure out
0: are you doing that sort of stuff regularly for yourself like trying to get like newfoundland no. photography?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. well okay <laughs> Uh, you no, know, I say, I laugh and I say no, because I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not a great person on, um, keeping things up to date. However, uh, there are some things like, um, my, my Instagram, my username is that Tom Cochran, but like the name field says Tom Cochran and then there's like some slashes or something it says like Newfoundland photographer or Newfoundland right. photog or something, um, my website definitely in the title says Newfoundland somewhere there, and i think it says west coast i think at some point it's like cornerbrook um and it's actually worked like i've gotten gigs because people have searched for like cornerbrook photographer and that's popped up uh yeah. so like you know it's stuff that you might think never will ever have an impact but you never know who's going to be looking right
0: yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and it's something, it's, it's interesting. It's not something I think to do for my own company, but probably mm-hmm. should like search engine optimization for artists who might be looking for a manager or a label. It's like, I, I rely maybe a little too heavily on the word of mouth stuff. Like, people yeah. And I think, I think most of us,
1: me. I think most of us do, right? Like yeah. most of us, uh, are, are just, and that works. It does work. Um, but when, again going back to like working in it with other um in other markets other areas of the country or other countries um word of mouth doesn't really matter i mean it does because the music community is small but like they may they may know zero people from uh your network and so they're like literally gonna go look for newfoundland musician or something like that and it uh yeah you might get a gig out of it. It might be like it might be a corporate gig that isn't very good, but you know what it might pay a bill so.
0: <laughs> yeah generally, corporate gigs aren't very good uh but they yeah they but they pay bills pay well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the trade off of of the corporate gig world and uh I love all the agents who bring us corporate gigs. yeah, huge on that out there yeah um how do you think about i mean this kind of ties into the Instagram sort of thing, but then moving into maybe a broader topic um how do you think about community building in the, all of the different projects you've taken on? Because I know like uh, years ago you had the Corner Brooker blog and there was Old Crow magazine, which I think was, was that your project or was that in partnership with Grossman Summer Music? Yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't mine.
1: Um, I, I ran it for yeah. three years. Yeah.
0: Um, and, you know, you've been in bands yourself. Like how much are you thinking about that? Uh, building out the community creating opportunities within the communities that you're operating out of when you're when you're doing your creative work um
1: always yeah um (laughs) always it's always been uh so like i mean going back to like corner broker which was started uh about 10 probably 10 years ago this month really now i think about it um that was a way it was a it was a a news and events website talking about Cornerbrook uh, because even at the time uh, there wasn't none of the news agencies like C- CBC, Western star, whatever, they had terrible web presences and almost no social media presence. Yeah. And so there, it was very difficult to, to find what was happening in our, in our city. And so it, it just is a thing we just started and rolled out as a way to connect people and, I think what what it really, really worked for is for uh, artists, musicians, theater people, visual artists, whatever, as a place for them to uh, talk about or just like say, hey, I'm having a show. Um, So like the events calendar and stuff was always hugely popular. And there were like I wrote articles about all kinds of um, musicians that were coming through because nobody else is going to do that. Like nobody else is going to write about a touring musician. Um, with no connection to the area, even if they're going to be, if you know it's going to be an amazing show. So having that, like, little bit of extra local media coverage can go a long way. But it's it was always about um, trying to bring the community together. Uh, and, like, by community, I mean the city, but even more than
0: that, the arts community. Um, it and, was- just, i mean sorry to interrupt you it was so uh it felt it's so important to to me until i mean a lot of people i'm sure but like i i used that website a lot and i went to it for events and stuff and i mm-hmm. there was like one time where you wrote about a show my band at the time did say fire yeah, with i, I remember Waterman yeah. and gerald yeah. and brad yeah. nichols and craig mercer and it was like yeah. it was awesome to be written about uh and that yeah. wasn't gonna happen any other way
1: no yeah and it's <laughs> stuff it's such simple stuff like mm-hmm. um, for an artist to have a for, for them to have a link that they can put on their website yeah it's like someone wrote a thing someone so else I, yeah someone else wrote a thing about us and it's yeah. like not associated with us and so what it was a, a performance at the gazebo of majestic lawn <laughs> totally yeah. fine yeah. like yeah it totally um it does make a difference and so you can put that in your media kit right uh, and. And yeah, I, I think that goes a long way. Um, you know, Old Crow was a, uh, was a morn region focused project that was really about sharing what was happening here. Uh, and from like, you know, history stuff to stuff about nature to a lot of music and musicians that were coming through. Um, and it's always been about, for, for me, at least personally, it's always been about um, just creating a really cool community uh and there's an there's another project um that i've been working on for the past couple of years excuse me called uh the cottage collaborative art festival yeah which uh is like an overnight excuse me a weird overnight uh i'm pointing over here because this is where North. <laughs> yeah, is. that's where it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh it's a it's an overnight art festival in an in the old cottage hospital in uh, Norris Point, and uh, which used to be a hospital, and then was decommissioned as a hospital, but now is like a really cool community space. And um, yeah, we 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 only did it two or three times, and it's gotten derailed one or two years, but um, because of you know global pandemics. Uh, yeah. But uh, it it has created a a cool community of artists. From all kinds of different backgrounds, who for whatever reason have ended up in uh, the Western Newfoundland area, and uh, it's a chance for them to get together and make stuff. And you don't get that very often. Like it's very rare that you're given the privilege of making stuff with other artists, with like no. um, It doesn't mean anything. Like like it can be. it it can be amazing or it can just be something you're thrown at the wall and see what happens. And that's awesome. Uh, And there's been some really cool collaborations out of it. Uh, We've been able to do like uh, we did a cool little like digital artist residency where we brought in five digital artists from across the country to hang out for a week and see what happens and amazing things happen. Um, But so that was like uh, the, the, the space, the building is in integral to the, to it, but the community is actually the community of artists, which are come from like a very large, uh, a large area. And uh, that's a project, which I think is very, very cool. Plus like you make art overnight for 12 hours in a row yeah. in, an old, in an old hospital.
0: Yeah, it's almost got like, I mean, when I, I haven't participated, so I don't know, but thinking about the overnight vibe, that's almost yeah. like, uh, I think back to high school grad like doing the safe grad overnight kind of thing. And I mean, there's like, I don't know, there's a big element of fun and wildness and whatever would be infused into that kind of an overnight experience. It's, it's a, it's a challenge, right? Like like
1: literally a challenge to stay up till (laughs) Um, 6am in April when it's not like, you know, it's cold. It's often sometimes there's a blizzard, Uh, dark out early, dark out early. Um, but it's at that it is at that cusp of like oh, like is spring, is, this, is is the spring coming maybe <laughs> uh it's not really no you know, not just, Newfoundland you, no, no but you think it might and yeah. uh and so there is like a bit of a a bit of energy that comes from that um but it's an it's an endurance project so like you as, as, because you're co- all collectively trying to overcome this thing, which is not fall asleep and to, to make a thing together and to do all this stuff together. Uh, it creates some really cool bonds and uh, some really special friendships. And um, and it's just, it's an incredible space to work in. Absolutely incredible
0: space to work in. I think that's like the best part and maybe the greatest privilege of working in the arts too, is forming those kinds of relationships and friendships through collaboration um Absolutely. and it's so it's so cool that that is that you've made that happen here because I think about where where else can you do that and like you almost you have to go to Banff probably right or like you yeah have to, you have to go outside of Atlanta, Canada
1: well yes yes and no right like I think there's a bunch of this stuff that happens it just doesn't like uh it doesn't maybe not reach your ears like I'm I know yeah, there used fair. to be a, a 24-hour art marathon in St. John's which then evolved into the Holdfast Festival, which is an art festival that is very cool. Um, I'm sure there's stuff like this that happens in Halifax.
0: Sure, yeah. Uh,
1: that I that I don't know about. I know there's a cool art festival in Fredericton that does something I think similar. Um, but it's it, yeah, it's it's people who are just uh, you know they want to see something happen in their community, so they just make it happen. Um, and I think that I you know if I could say. If I could encourage anyone to do anything, it's just make something happen.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the like gift of having someone like yourself in our area is that you so you make things happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, okay, maybe sure, but like yeah. But what I would, what I would, what I would hope is that someone else then is like, because it's it's so easy to fall gui- to fall guilty, To fall guilty. Yeah, anyway, to fall into the trap of like wanting something to happen or wanting a thing to exist and i it's not easy to make things happen i totally understand that but like try Yeah. you know like what's the worst thing that's going to happen is it doesn't work and then cool (laughs) and no (laughs) one, no one remembers it in like six months and but you had a hopefully had a good time doing it and yeah like you know with with cottage um it, we've never had like great turnouts by any means. You know, it's, it's, it's in uh, takes place in early April in Norris point um, where, when there's no tourist population, there's none of the regular summer population. Um, yeah. People aren't really used to going out to things in early April. Um, but it's not a, like, it's never been about the uh, the people coming to watch or coming to see it. It's always been about, for, for me, it's always been about the people making the stuff. Like, right. make the stuff that you want to make, and if people come and participate or, or watch it, cool. But like, have a good time making it
0: because that's that's all it's for. I think that's just true generally of all creative pursuits. It's like yeah. you gotta enjoy the the process of making the thing. Yep. And then if anything greater comes of it, wonderful. Yep. Um, but if you can't find fulfillment in the creation of whatever you're you're trying to put together it's like i don't i just i think the creative sectors are so aspirational Mm -hmm. um and I, i think i said this in my chat with dean too but it's like you you get up a level And then there's always a next level and a next level and a next level. It's like, even if you were, if you won a Grammy in 2020, it's like, what, why don't you win two next year? And then three the next year. And you've got to sell out all the stadiums and all the arenas. And, um, I feel like there's never a a ceiling in, in aspirational work that way. And so at the core of it, the satisfaction and the fulfillment's just got to come from making the thing. Yes. For yes. for it to be sustainable,
1: yes, hugely. Um, it you know you've got to be able to pay your bills. Um, sure, yeah, sure. Uh, but you can't you can't thrive on paying your bills. Like you know, no. I don't know if you've ever paid bills, Nigel, but it's not very <laughs> fun. Uh, I've Had a few bills, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, like you've got to love it. And I I love. I love making things. I love, uh, making photos and, and video. I love making cool, uh, weird events happen. I like curating, uh, people and artists so that like trying to match together, uh, different people who you think will like be able to make cool things together. Mm -hmm. Um, and none of that is like, you you do all that just because it's it's enjoyable and hopefully there's work that also comes with that and there's hopefully um bills get paid because of that and and sure like notoriety or whatever um but yeah it it's it's got to be for the love of it
0: yeah cool that that's like i think that's a nice place to leave the conversation maybe just one sort of like silly question before we go tom sure um so because we're in the era of COVID and the pandemic and stuff uh if you could have a a zoom chat a one hour zoom chat with any living artist or creator uh who who would it be and why
1: oh man it's so hard in in a lot of ways i would prefer just to to not have zoom chats anymore Uh, this has been really this has been really nice say, i'm so
0: sorry <laughs> no 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 i i, um, I agree 100 percent. yeah i know what you mean i know yeah. um
1: i think uh to be honest it it would be like i would love to just have a chat with like pals yeah not, not, like you know uh like a chill one like not like not like a, a zoom party or anything like that that You're you feel pressured to entertain each other or anything like that, but like a a nice, uh, open conversation about art and and making things because those are the most satisfying.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, I I miss having those kinds of chats with friends. I think the last time I had like a real nice chat that way was at Nova Scotia Music Week in Truro in November. Mm -hmm. I was roommates with uh, John Mullane. I don't know if you know John, he's a producer. In halifax he was in a band called front of a band called the in-flight safety oh yeah 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 um anyway john and i were roommates and i got super sick on the saturday and so i was just like in the room the whole day did you hear the bell yeah <laughs> uh, that's fine i'm ignoring it i told people i was recording um and uh anyway i was sick in bed all day and John would just come in and out intermittently, and we'd have chats about music. And he'd play a record, and we'd talk about the record. And then he'd play another one, and we'd talk about the the synth part, or the percussion, yeah. or the top line, or who wrote it, who mixed it, produced it. Um, yeah, those chats are the best when you get. it. You know
1: it. what's what's interesting about that is that you were sick. Like I mean, yeah. it sucks, and I feel bad for you. But uh, like the there's something really wonderful about. Um, the connections you make with people when you're at your weakest. Yeah. Uh, and it, 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 it you, you don't have any barriers. Like you just, like if you're, if you're not well or if you're, I don't know, exhausted or, or whatever, you, you, you don't have the energy for barriers and you don't have the energy for like not saying something because it's not the right thing to say. Right. Uh, and that's when you just, I think that's when you make your real, incredible, lifelong friends. I think that's when you make those really special connections. And I think, um, to circle back a little bit, I think that's why uh, Cottage Works is because at 5am, whoever's left at 5am, you you're exhausted and you've got nothing left. And so the conversations that happen then are, are pretty
0: special. You've made it through something together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, Tom, I can hear uh, some gentlemen out in my hallway that need to do some work here. Uh, So I'm going to let you go, but thank you so much for having the chat. Yeah, thanks, Nigel. And uh, thank you also to Music NL and the province of NL, ACOA, all the folks who are funding this through the Press On program. Um, Anyway, Tom, hope to to see you real soon, buddy.
1: Thanks, Nigel. Take care of yourself.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye.